They said that grading couldn't continue at such a crazy pace. They said that grading would slow when people realized slabs weren't worth as much anymore. But they would be wrong. Hello, sports card investors, and welcome to another episode of Cards on the Table. And wow, Doug Carter, I got some big numbers to share with you today because these are the gem rate numbers of the total numbers of cards graded in January of 2024, just this past month. PSA graded 1.22 million cards that is near record levels okay. for PSA SGC graded 157,000 cards that is a record level for SGC then you've got CGC which graded 184,000 cards that's a strong number most of those trading card games and you've got Beckett at 58,000 cards as well that's actually not a strong number for Beckett historically they've been unfortunately they've fallen kind of far into fourth place at this point in time. But if you look at the overall numbers, we are talking record setting, unbelievable numbers of items being graded. And all I heard last year was people saying, oh, it's the junk slab era and slabs aren't really worth much anymore. And there's so many slabs that are only worth a dollar. They're now coasters. Grading is gonna slow down because people are starting to realize this grading can't possibly continue the way that it was. And yet it's sitting here today and it's still breaking records. So my question for you gentlemen to start the show today, is this going to continue? Is this the new world we live in? Are we at a point where every card should now be graded? Doug, I'm going to start with you. Uh, no, not every card should be graded, but this will continue, and it's going to continue with every product cycle. Every time a new product comes out, there is a period where everything is very gradable before you know prices start to come down or player performance starts to affect it, whatever the case may be. But it's a pretty simple proposition when you look at to grade or not to grade. You look at the cost of that card for you, you look at the cost of grading for that specific card, and then think about worst case scenario for that card's grade. If you, if you eyeball it and you've got a sharp eye, and you're, you're thinking, I think this card's a 10, well, price it at a 9. What happens if you're wrong and it's a nine? Can you at least break even? And then it's a pretty simple proposition from there. Yeah, you can probably grade it. You can probably grade that and you'll have a window where you can turn that around. Other things to worry about like liquidity of a certain player or a sport or a set, all kinds of things like that. But if the turnaround time and your cost makes sense with what the, you know, the grade that you expect within maybe a grade or two, uh, yeah, why not? Just grade it. Yeah, and, and I guess the fact that grading prices have fallen a lot. Yeah, of course. They've got a more affordable SGCs running specials all the time. PSA has now been very, very aggressive about specials. They've got a, they had a whole month of specials and now their prices are dropping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they got prices dropping on their, on their higher level plans. So that equation that you just talked about, it now favors grading more cards than ever before because the price of grading isn't as big as it used to be. Carter, is that what's going on here? And as a result, is this going to continue? Man, I really think it's the execution of turnaround times is the biggest mm -hmm. deal with this. I think in 2020, 2021, there was so much uncertainty about when you would get your property back. Cards are a property. 
right? And you would send a card off and you would literally have no clear idea when cards would come back and you would have very little updates for months and months on end. Today, you can send, there's more steps in the process with every grading company. You get more updates. It's more encouraging for people to submit on their own. Um, I, I just think the execution of getting cards back in a timely manner is why people are grading more. People feel like they're comfortable with it. They're comfortable going through group submitters. They're comfortable doing them uh, themselves. Uh, and I, I just think this isn't going to stop as long as people can continue to grade cards and know when they're accurately going to get them back. And when these companies can execute that, I think people are going to continue to grade on their own. Yeah. And PSA recently announced improvements not only to pricing, but they also announced that their turnaround times are now faster as well at various service levels. Does that, you know, PSA's numbers, when you look at them compared to these other grading companies, it, it's so dominant right now. I mean, it's almost 10 times what these other companies are with them lowering prices, improving turnaround times. Do we expect that dominance to continue or, or possibly even grow? What do you think, Doug? Yeah, I do think the PSA dominance continues. I don't see a reason why it wouldn't. The pricing is competitive enough that you don't have to search for lower prices. Uh, the of course, the reputation they have as seen on the secondhand market when you go to resell that card, PSA holds yeah. that better than any other uh, a company does. Uh, and their interface is a lot easier now. You know, you've got the app, you get the ability to, you know, the, to reveal your cards, uh, which is kind of a fun little thing to kind of sit there and swipe your cards. Uh, there's just, you know, they're, they're making all the right moves, essentially. Faster turnaround times. They've been really fast for me personally lately. My last, you know sub that was estimated at 30 days was almost a week. Yeah. I mean, really fast turnaround times, competitive pricing. I can't find an argument against it, to be honest. Yeah. You're, you're viewed the same, Carter? I got to agree with Doug. I think as long as they're executing turnaround times and people are happy, they, they do so many little things like Doug mentioned with the app that just make the collector experience mm -hmm. better. Yeah. Um, as long as they're doing those little things, and they're being aggressive in those areas and they're continuing to push growth, they're going to they're gonna dominate for quite a long time. Yeah. Seems to be the case. And I want to give a shout out to Joe Davis at Got Baseball Cards. They're the group that we use here to group submit to at Sports Card Investor. And if you want to go through a group submitter with your cards, if you just want to mail them off and let somebody else worry about them, let someone else worry about pre-screening them and entering all the titles and everything for you, Got Baseball Cards is a great option. And the way you do that is you go to sportscardinvestor.com, click grading in the main menu bar for special pricing. Again, sportscardinvestor.com, click grading in the main menu bar. Well, seems like the grading companies have a lot of good things happening happening right now. Another company that's got a lot of good things happening is PWCC, particularly in their weekly auction this week. I couldn't believe that they had a 2017 Bowman Chrome Gold Refractor Ronald Acuna yeah. Jr. card, obviously from here in Atlanta, the MVP. What a fantastic season. It's the gold rookie auto number to 50. And that was in their weekly auction, yeah. not their Not premier the auction, but their weekly auction. It's going on right now. That is a card that I am definitely going to have my eye on. Doug, anything catch your eye? Yeah, that card did. I almost <laughs> picked that one. I was this close to picking that one, but then I went to the next page and I saw a 2021 Prism, Black Shimmer, one of one, Shea Gilgis Alexander, PSA 10. Oh, Shea is my guy. Had to go yeah. that route. Yeah, he's he's been really good this season. Could really, really, really good. How about you, Carter? That was really hard. There were so many cool yeah. cards. I chose a 2018 Topps Chrome Blue Refractor, Shohei Otani rookie out of 150. Beckett 10 Pristine. Uh, it's a pop three, matches his new Dodger There you blue. go. It's a Dodger so, color Dodger match. Dodger blue. Not an angel color yeah, match. True. Kind of a modified yeah. color match, but it's still a collar match. All right. That's a sharp play. All of these cards and many, many more are in PWCC's weekly auction right now. Go to PWCC Marketplace to check out those listings and to bid on those plus thousands more.
Okay, guys, let's jump into the next topic. This is around the data die video that Teapot did for the Market Movers channel this past week. And he did a whole video about how to decide what cards to buy, particularly if you're on a budget. There's a lot of there's a lot of questions, there's a lot of opportunity cost. I mean, if you've got a set amount of money to buy cards with, are you putting that into one really high-end card or a couple high-end cards? Are you trying to spread it out? Are you trying to diversify? Are you going for one player? Are you going for a lot of players? Are you going for one sport or a lot of different sports? <laughs> to what degree do you guys diversify versus kind of concentrating down on just a few things? Carter, I'll start with you on this yeah, one. Yeah, if you're on a budget, I like to separate in two categories, more of the GOAT category, more of the prospect category, right? Like if you're into like LeBron or Patrick Mahomes, I'm, I don't mind you going all in on them, right? If you're going more after guys like maybe Brock Purdy, I want to diversify a little bit more between other quarterbacks. So, um, But I think trying to go as rare as you can, as cheap as you can, that may include purchasing cards that aren't rookie cards, right? I mean, you can find some cheap second, third year, one-on-ones in some sets. Um, I think those are good plays, potentially gold, stuff like that. Um, but I think it, if you can separate the, you know, from the guys that are established and the, the guys that aren't, then I would definitely lean towards going one when they're established or multiple when they're not. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair. Diversify the risk for sure with the guys who aren't established. Right. Going one big card with a non-established guy, right. that's a true risk. Right. Well, You're, hopefully if you diversify, then hopefully one of them at least pans out and maybe correct. that helps helps you on in that aspect. I think that's a good way of thinking about it. Is that how you think about it, Doug, or do you have different strategies here? It's so hard to answer this question because there's so many variables that come yeah. into play. What mainly what's your budget, right? Uh, and then also what's your risk tolerance look like? For me, you know, if I'm working with a smaller budget in my head, what I like to do is buy raw and grade. Mm -hmm. That way I don't have to worry as much about that particular card, that particular player and their performance, because there's enough margins built in from raw to grade. If you have a sharp enough eye, right? You know, if I can buy a stack of Brock Purdy's raw and then I average out the cost of, you know, say PSA nine, right? Um, and I know that there's going to be profit built in there. That's That's probably the way I'm going to do this. But, you know, short term versus long term, you've got all these different things to think about. It, there, there's not an easy answer to this. I wish I could just say this is how you do it, but there's no way you can do, you can just sit there and, and lay out a plan like that. But I really like your idea of going uh, as rare as you can for what you can afford. Mm -hmm. That's always going to be a better play long term than just buying a stack of base cards, right? But again, you know, give me your criteria and I'll try to give you a better answer, but it is a broad category. Yeah, and I mean, of course, there's also the additional question, is, are people trying to invest? Yeah. Are they trying to short -term, just, yeah. just right. collect? And if they're trying to invest, is this a short-term play or is it a long-term play? Because I do think that changes, you know, the answer to all of this quite a bit. There certainly is, there's certainly more risk in putting your all of your eggs in one basket, unless that basket is is Michael Jordan <laughs> or, or Kobe Bryant or, you know, a lot of the goats over the course of time in various sports. Then that seems to be a pretty good play to buy the rarest, highest end card you could possibly buy, tuck it away and hold on to that for some long period of time. If you're getting into newer players, right. I mean, gosh, people got crushed this last football season mm -hmm. with a lot of the different quarterbacks. Yeah. I'd be included, right? I went I went heavy into, into two guys, Desmond Ritter and Jalen Hurts. And at the halfway point of the season, one was a complete flop and the other was a huge success story. Unfortunately, by the end of the season, they were both complete flops. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Jalen Hurts. The second half of the season, that was looking pretty good the first half of the season. But, you know, pretty much no matter what quarterback you invested in, if his name wasn't Brock or Lamar or or now Mahomes, you know, maybe Jared Goff, if it wasn't one of those four guys, chances are you probably saw their, saw, well, I guess Jordan Love, I should throw Jordan. him out too. 
outside of those five guys, you probably saw, you know, prices go down over the course of the season. So if you're speculating in your Kenny Pickett's and your Sam Howells and all those kind of guys, a little bit of diversification is probably a good idea or probably the better idea. Just go for the goats, put the money in the older cards. <laughs> if you want, if you want that long-term safety net, you know, Dan Marino and John Elway are going to do a little bit better for you over the course of time, most likely than Sam Howell, unfortunately, is going or Desmond Ritter for me, unfortunately, is going to do. <laughs> anyway, all right, guys, we want to talk real quick about what is happening here at Cards HQ behind us because we've got a big weekend coming up this weekend. On Sunday, we are going to do our first live stream from the store on Whatnot, and we are going to be doing uh, dollar auctions from noon to 6 p.m. Eastern time on Whatnot right here from the Cards HQ store. We would love for you to join us. We have hundreds of really cool, interesting cards that we're going to get the bid starting on at just $1. Fast and Furious Auctions. I put the QR code on your screen. It's going to be under the, the Cards HQ Shop account on Whatnot. So go look for Cards HQ Shop, scan that QR code, and we'll hook you up with $15 free in your account to get started this Sunday. And we'll see you from noon to 6 p.m. Eastern time on Whatnot this Sunday. And by the way, Carter, if people are here in Atlanta, they should also come to the store not only to watch the stream, but we're gonna we're gonna watch the Super Bowl oh here together. Oh my gosh, you better come here. This Super be, Bowl yeah. trade night here at Cards HQ. Yep. Free food. Yeah. Free food. It's gonna be. It's yep. gonna, well, don't let Doug have any of the free. Oh, food. okay. Don't let everyone right, else gets free food. Sounds great. Uh, let's jump into a couple of mailbag topics today. So one is the news that Tops got the UFC license. This news was announced pretty recently, and then right on the heels of saying, "Hey, we got the UFC license," it's, "Hey, guess what? Tops Chrome UFC." <laughs> is ready to come out. Now, Topps Chrome UFC is nothing new. Topps had the license. They, you know, Topps Chrome UFC, I think the first year of that was 2017. Um, and there were some Topps UFC products prior to 2017 as well, but they had Topps Chrome UFC, I believe in 17 and 18 and 19 and 20, I believe they had Topps UFC. But then the license switched over. You had Panini doing Prism for a while and Select and all of the different Panini products. Now we're back to Topps, the Fanatics you know, Monster has has uh, swallowed up this license. Is this a good thing? Are we excited about this? What do we think this will do for UFC cards? Carter, I'm going to start with you. I'm really excited about it. I feel like UFC's kind of been iffy recently with Panini. I want stuff that's more included and more related to these fighters, right? And I think Fanatics has that access similar to baseball, right? So I think they're going to push the limits a little farther and they're going to push harder into this. They know the fan base is massive. I mean, the, the viewership online, the viewership in person, UFC is a big sport worldwide. And I think collectors are excited that Tops has taken over. I think there's going to be a lot more exciting things when it comes to the UFC cards do, in the future. Do you, do you collect UFC yourself? or you I, just I, have... I, I'm a big Conor McGregor fan. Okay. So you'll find some cool Conor McGregor's and I think we have a 2017 Topps Chrome Black out of 10 PSA 10 here at the shop so oh, wow we got some cool older Topps Chrome McGregor's but uh I, I definitely collect him a lot I didn't know we I might, I might need that I have a friend who was trying to build the 2017 oh, yeah. uh, Conor McGregor rainbow oh yeah well we have that out of 10 right I wonder if he's got it I didn't uh, even know we had it yeah okay is all your, right is your friend named Parker no, no, but Parker, is, is Parker Steve, from though? our team, it, it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve Aoki actually yeah. uh, uh, was building out a Conor yeah. McGregor rainbow. So I got to go take a photo and text it to him and see yeah. if he's got that one or not to complete the rainbow. Doug, does this move the needle for you? The top's getting UFC. What are your thoughts on this? Nope, not at all. <laughs> no, I mean, we've been there and done that with tops. They've had it before and it was fine. I used to break a lot of it when it was really cheap. I know that was, you know, people like to clown on you for some of your investments like Desmond Ritter, but you did really well. With I, I did UFC. great on Topps UFC products. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I kind of liked it better when it was with Panini. Like they brought it into a more modern set with really iconic inserts. Of course, we had Kabooms and we had Color Blast, and those were really awesome. They started introducing uh, memorabilia like pieces of glove, right? Fight used mm. gloves, um, which you know Tops had not been doing. The only thing that I think that I think that Tops did better at the time was the photography. I thought the cards looked nicer. But if they can do some of what you said, I think that's what they're going to do. Yeah, fanatics can 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 you know modern modernize that set a little bit. Then I am excited about it. But I think compared to what we've seen between the two products in the past, previous Topps UFC uh, sets and then Panini uh, UFC sets, I'd probably side with Panini. But we'll yeah. see. You know, we'll see what happens with it. Interesting. Yeah, and you know, we'll see where it goes. The one thing I do like about Topps getting involved is their products tend to be more affordable. And yeah. you know, if you look at the difference between no Topps Chrome and Prism, I mean, you know, across all sports where they both are making the products, whether it's soccer or baseball or now UFC, you're going to see it as well. The products are more affordable. I think that's a good thing for getting more collectors involved. So for that, for that reason, I'm encouraged. Uh, speaking of tops, we're going to get to our second mailbag today. This is, this is new. Tops has just dropped Fanatics exclusive retail blasters. I believe this is going to be for 2024 uh, top series one baseball. They're going to have blasters that are Fanatics exclusive blasters that have redemption cards in them for signed memorabilia. So you're going to actually start to see a crossover where you could pull a redemption card out of a product, but instead of it being for a card that you got to wait for an autograph, it's actually going to be for a baseball or for a signed jersey or for something of that nature, which hopefully, theoretically, we'll see is is fulfilled right away versus, you know, having to wait for the player to sign it or something of that nature. Doug, what do you what do you think about this? Would you be excited if you got a you know if you opened up a, a blaster and got a signed Adley Rutschman baseball, or would that actually be a disappointment to you? For me personally, it'd be a disappointment. <laughs> this product isn't made for me, and I fully acknowledge that. So I would I would kind of steer clear from it. I don't want it. I don't want a redemption at all. Period. Right. As, we as a hobby want to go away from redemptions, and it almost kind of feels like they've got some just stock sitting on the shelves that they want to move. So they came out with a product to help them move some some memorabilia. That's probably hopefully that's not the case and it's nice stuff and some newer stuff. But yeah, I mean for me, when I buy a box of cards, I want to pull cards. Mm -hmm. I don't want to pull a jersey or a hat or a, whatever the case may be. But there are people out there that may love this product for that exact reason. So while it doesn't cater to me personally, I can see the appeal for someone else and it's a cool sort of change up on you know what we've been used to. Yeah, I, I see. I see what you're saying with that, and I, I do. I do think that's a good point. But I will say, man, like you know, we sell some of those boxes in the store that are like this, the sealed jersey Jerseys, boxes, yep. and mm. some of that stuff's so cool. People like, go crazy for them. Sometimes I think it's almost more fun to rip one of those open and see the cool jersey you get inside. Where but you then know what do I do with that? Get... If it's a card, I can just you know put it on my little card display. I get this whole jersey, then I've got to go what get it framed, put it in a shadow box, just wear it around, Doug. Wear it on the next cards <laughs> on the table. Where your frame? Where right. your where your jersey? Wear it with pride. I'm what do you think? Coming here with a signed helmet on. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with Doug in some aspects. Um, if I, I'm definitely not for redemptions, period. Um, but I love that it's in a retail box. Mm -hmm. Thirty dollars, and you can get this in a retail box. So they juiced a product like this. So I love it. I think it's great. I think it's not just great for just normal collectors. I think it's great for kids. I think kids are going to think it's really cool when a signed baseball of like a star rookie comes in. Um, now. I'm with Doug. Hopefully, it's not like a stock issue where they just have excess of all these autographs and stuff like that. But uh, I, I love it. I think it's great. If it was in a hobby box and it was like directly exclusive to a hobby box in a more expensive box, I don't know if I'd love it as much. But I love that it's in a retail, an affordable box at $29.99. So if you were opening up the next Topps Chrome UEFA 
blaster, retail blaster, and you pulled a redemption for Holland signed, uh, you know, Manchester City ball. I'm in. You would be happy with that, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Wouldn't but, that be but, fun? It, if I know that's a possible hit, then I'm excited and I go and buy that product. Yeah. Yeah. That that changes my perspective a little bit just because it's such a cheap entry point to get something so cool. But that'd be a speci very specific thing that I personally would want to collect and want to chase. Yeah. And Fanatics has a high volume of that kind of yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. So maybe, you know, maybe they, maybe you, you, maybe it's not impossible to hit those in these boxes. Like maybe there's actually, because they got a lot of inventory, maybe they can actually get good price points on all of it and actually afford to put a lot of those types of redemptions in the boxes. It's going to be interesting to see. be interesting to see how collectors respond and what type of reaction they have to this. But I'm all for them trying new things and we'll see how it, how it plays out for sure. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's Cards on the Table episode. Uh, if you did, make sure to check us out on Whatnot this Sunday and check out that PWCC auction as well that's currently going on at PWCC Marketplace as well. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, and we'll see you soon for the next one. Take care.